Welcome to Rich Buckland's Epiphany Notebook. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, welcome to another edition of Rich Buckland's Epiphany Notebook. For many, many years now, I have sat back and listened to the river flow. And I'm not referencing a Bob Dylan song. I'm speaking of Mr. Johnny Rivers. It appears that at the age of 80, Johnny has made the decision that it is time to retire from his career as a uh, prolific entertainer and interpreter of song. And so therefore, this episode is titled The Rising of Johnny Rivers from a shot of whiskey a go-go through the summer rain. This is the unlikely musical tale of a 1950s Italian kid from New York City not named Dion DeMucci. We're talking about John Henry Ramastella. This artist has been inducted into the Louisiana Hall of Fame, but the big door prize that big door prize, it still eludes him. I'm not a big fan of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but an induction does get you a lot of attention and record sales will soar. And I think a lot of people deserve and need to hear Mr. Rivers for generations to come. Uh, it, it's possible that the contention is that a career delivering mostly vivid, colorful, cover versions of brilliant material makes him a melodic figure of less import to an organization or institution such as that. But I vigorously disagree. Johnny was a different kind of pioneer, and if anyone belongs in a Hall of Fame, it's Johnny Rivers. The omission is its simply glaring. His family moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and the influences in that swampy, bluesy air created a rock and pop record-selling machine we would come to know as Johnny Rivers. It was actually Alan Freed, the man credited with popularizing the term rock and roll, who gave Johnny his now-famed and copywritten name. Freed also introduced him to 1950s indie label owner George Goldner, who signed him to Gone Records. But alas, those rockabilly-oriented 45s on Gone did not fare well in the age of Elvis. Johnny then wrote a tune in 59 titled I'll Make Believe, and teen idol Ricky Nelson put it on wax. Well, finally doors, they were opening. But it was not until 64 that the rivers began rising. Sunset Strip Whiskey A Go-Go owner Elmer Valentine signed Johnny to a one-year contract and the 22-year-old found his tributary of talent flowing nicely. The Beatles' I Want to Hold Your Hand had just entered the top 100 
as the British invasion began to knock American cats right off the roofs of rock radio. But Johnny was a gleaming exception. When legendary Los Angeles producer Lou Adler signed Johnny and released Live at the Whiskey A Go-Go, everything changed. Also, a slot at the Monterey Pop Festival didn't hurt things either. Those beautifully crafted and vital sessions that Lou Adler produced uh, contained a version of Chuck Berry's Memphis that outsold the original. The guitar work and vocal were simply perfect within that very alive club setting. Unfortunately, this success was inspired by Elvis Presley's version of the tune, and when Johnny released his first, the king threw the new kid in town out of his court permanently. Not nice, Elvis, not nice. But that showbiz gang, as the recording began a stream that formed nine top ten hits on the Billboard 100 and 17 in the top 40, from 1964 to 1977, including the P.F. Sloan and Steve Barry penned Secret Agent Man. Also, there was Poor Side of Town, Baby I Need Your Lovin' from the Motown Files, Tracks of My Tears from the Smokey Robinson Files, and of course, Summer Rain. The man sold over 30 million records when that number really, really meant something. There's been a sincerity and a heartfelt genuineness in all of Johnny Rivers' efforts, and it continued through the concerts that he performed up until his retirement. Johnny managed to adjust to all contemporary changes right through the release of Slow Dancing in 1977. Albums such as Changes, released in 66, Rewind, 67, and one of my favorites, Realization, in 68, confirm an intuitive, ear-enhancing ocean of musical change. Johnny is certainly one of the great interpreters of rock and pop visions our culture has encountered. His reverence for Van Morrison was on full display when he titled his 1970 LP and final album of the Imperial Record Years, Slim Slow Slider and perform tunes by Van, Graham Parsons, Tony Joe White, James Kendricks, John Fogarty, and Mr. Scott McKenzie. After 1977, the changes the business of music embraced became irrelevant to him. At that point, Johnny Rivers just followed his soul with his label, his own label, Soul City Records. His 2001 release, Last Train to Memphis, on that trademark, is an overlooked gem. On April the 9th, 2017, Rivers performed the song at the funeral for Chuck Berry in St. Louis, Missouri. 53 years after arriving in Memphis, John Henry Ramostella's path went full circle as he praised and held the root of it all. So let's conclude this episode with the flip side of the 45 RPM Memphis. When I first got that 45 RPM, there was a song 
on the B-side that I just couldn't stop playing, and I wore it out. And I think it's an appropriate tune to play as we hail, hail, Mr. Johnny Rivers. You say you can fall in love with Elvis. And you say you like to hear the Beatles sing. But wait a minute, wait a minute, pretty baby. I want to tell you just one little thing. Well, you love Elvis Presley, it wouldn't last very, very long. Sick and tired of watching him wiggle and pace your door. I choose that the Beatles, oh, they can walk that walk. You get sick and tired of hearing them talk that talk. It wouldn't happen with me. Baby 